Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to episode 14 of Have You Seen That With T. It is your boy T. I am here in the place to be, and it is Saturday. Saturday about noonish, uh, and I'm recording a podcast because I've realized that when I record the podcast at about 2 a.m., I sound a little like this, and, you know, I'm kind of chill, but... Got a good night's sleep, got to watch some good movies yesterday, and I am here with a little bit of information to fill your movie-going palette. And this week, another somewhat slow week at the movie-going, uh, at the movie theaters, um, but I went to the movies yesterday, I dropped a ride home review of the movie X. Um, that that came out yesterday, and I want to say it's on Shutter too, but I don't know. I, I didn't. I don't do much research before I do these podcasts, or before I went and saw the movie because I just wanted to get out of the house. Um, so you know, got out the house at about noonish yesterday, uh, living that retired life, um, and I went and saw the movie X. Right. And what is the movie X? Didn't really hear too much about it. I saw maybe one or two previews on YouTube. Um, it is a movie. And, and this is what actually made me get out of my house to go to the movie theaters. I love slasher movies. right? I love 80 slasher movies. Those, you know, the romps. They're very misogynistic. They show a lot of women's boobs in them. And there's a lot of teen. Well, you know, young adult sex in them like that, you know, infamously Jason, you know, cut a woman in half while she was having sex inside of a tent. Like that's 80s horror. Right. They had. A lot of blood, a lot of TNA, and, you know, a lot of, of fun innocence, which really, you know, in hindsight, it's not so innocent, right? A lot of misogyny, you know, we, 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 we're not going to go there and have you seen that with T, but that's what I grew up on, right? That's, those are the type of movies that I grew up on. So when I see the, the premise of this movie is a group of young adults want to shoot an adult movie at a farm in Texas and are stalked and killed by the old elderly couple that runs this farm. I'm all in, right? That dad sold me in itself. I was completely all in and I wanted to see this movie, right? So, and, and, and I don't really watch reviews. I don't like to look at the reviews before I go out and, and watch these movies because I want like a raw, visceral reaction to them without being skewed by the internet. Uh, but I just so happened to, to like one, uh, the comment under the YouTube for the trailer was like, this is this harkens back to, you know, the 70s, 70s and 80s slasher films. And boy, they were wrong. This was nothing like anything I've ever seen in my life. Right. So you get these six characters right there. No, five, five. Yes, five. No, six. It was six. You got the writer, director, the actor and three young women who go out into the middle of nowhere in Texas in the 70s, late 70s, 1979 to be exact, and they want to shoot a porn. 
they want to shoot an adult movie, right? This is at the beginning of the VHS era. So the, you know, the, the head guy, Martin Freeman, he's like, hey, you know, I got this idea. I want to go out and shoot this adult film and, and we're going to make millions because this is an untapped market. And it was right. And and had this movie been made, uh, the, the, the movie's name was The Farmer's Daughter. So you already know they're shooting on a farm in Texas. Uh, we already know where this is going, right? Uh, and Kid Cudi plays the male talent, right? Uh, and he was excellent. Kid Cudi was amazing in this movie. Every scene he was in, he kind of owned it. And he looked the part. You know, every actor in this movie looked the part. You had this avant-garde director who was trying to, like, make his own deep throat. Like, you know, he's trying to make his own avant-garde adult film, you know, to, to set his himself apart from, it. The, you know, the other adult film directors. Um, and his girlfriend was the, the, the uh, audio person, right? She held the boom mic while they're filming the scenes. Uh, which played a big part of, towards the end of the movie. Um, but yeah, like there these six people, they go out there, they have two, you know, two actresses who are, who are the, the love interests or the, the sex objects of the movie, uh, so to speak. Um, and they go out to the middle of nowhere and they meet these, I mean, and elderly is like an understatement. <laughs> like these women, the, the, this couple was like heavy. They had to have been heavy makeup. There's no way they look like this in real life. They made them look extremely elderly, like the pox on their body. Like, I mean, it was just it was like they made them grotesque. I would love to see what they look like without all of the makeup. And it was shot in like that 70s style really grainy, really crappy, like uh, film footage uh, style movie. And it works. That made the movie feel a little more authentic, like it was actually filmed in 1979. Um, it wasn't a found footage movie, but it, it just was, you know, these six people trying to make a film on this farm. And they meet these depraved this depraved old couple who weren't like, I, I thought they were going to be like a super religious couple um, who see, you know, these young kids shooting porn on their land and just want to kill them. No, it was a lot deeper than that. It, it was a deeper backstory and it was, it became even more scary at the hint of getting old, right? The thought of the idea of getting old and, and not having what you once had, uh, whether it be in a couple or in yourself, right? You used to be this beautiful person, but you're not that anymore. And it, and, and it was pretty sad, you know, watching this couple go through what they were going through, which really led to the, you know, crescendo of them killing all these young people. Uh, that part was a lot deeper than, than most horror movies. Um, and because of that, the movie gets a, a little bit of higher score. So I went into it expecting an 80s horror, you know, genre. And I got, it was more of a 70s thing. You know, in the 70s, they had those really slow, uh, really slow paced, methodical killing, heavy breathing, things of that nature. 80s was a lot more quick and paced because they, they thought, hey man, us Americans don't have the attention span to, to 
focus on something that long, so we're going to give it to him real quick. Everything was bang, 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 bang. Freddie just killed six people, you know, uh, in this grotesque way. This was a very slow burn. It, it allowed us to realize that none of these characters in this movie had any redeeming qualities, right? Usually you have the, you know, the 80s tropes where you had the jock, you had the nerd, you had the virgin, and you had like the outcast. All six of these people, you know, were not good. They, they didn't come in with good intention. They were all self-centered, you know, trying to further themselves. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? There's absolutely nothing wrong with trying to make your situation better than what it was. But it just went against the stereotypes, right? And I and I enjoyed that, right? I I enjoyed that part of the movie, uh, and and as I was watching the movie, I kept thinking to myself, how are these old people? Because they moved really slow, right? Like not Jason slow, like old people slow, like like uh, the one one character had a bad hip, so she moved with like the pace of, you know, a. a eight-month-old baby crawling on the ground. So I'm thinking, how are they going to kill these young, athletic, you know, uh, Kid Cudi's character was an ex-Marine, right? How are they going to kill these people? Um, I want to almost say they killed them with kindness, like in the kindness of their heart. They're like, we have to help these elderly people. And they let their guard down. And the second they let their guard down, these old people were just massacring them, right? Uh, and it, it just was it was a lot of layers to this movie and it just was it, it just was insane it was an insane ride and it was it was uh very disturbing it was a disturbing movie not in the deaths um just in the content uh and it, it just it wasn't what i was expecting i was expecting this frivolous sex romp that involved a lot of killing and what i got was this deep, uh, dark, brooding, dirty, you know, film about age. You know, it, it was a film about these young, nubile, you know, uh, people had living their best life. And then this old couple who had lived their life, but were still trying to live their life. Uh, but they just couldn't live it how they used to live it. And as you get older, you realize that is the case in a lot of things, right? The things you used to do, you might not be able to do anymore. Uh, but the one thing they could do is they could kill some young people. <laughs> they knew how to kill some young people. And it was, it was very, very uh, visceral, very um, raw. It's like it's a, just a raw movie um, that didn't get overly religious, which I really thought that's where they were going to go with this. Uh, and it had us little bits, you know, you know, they're in the Bible belt uh, and how, how those things go. But yeah, X, man, like I would give it a watch. It definitely deserves a watch. If anything, it, it deserves to be seen. Uh, but once again, don't go into like, don't go into it like me thinking it's going to be something that it's not. It is very, uh, slow pace is very methodical. It's very visceral. It's very raw. Uh, it's very unclean. Like the 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 quality of film, like it just 
it just it, it's just raw, man. I and I enjoyed that. I really did, and and it just told a story. It was a good story that 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 it told. It just involved a lot of death, <laughs> and and that's what you want in a horror movie. It wasn't it wasn't these super inventive deaths. It wasn't like overly gory, um, and it was so dark. It was kind of hard to see it at times. Like it, it was just dark and and. And I think that was by design. So X, I don't know who directed it. Uh, it started, Gina Ortega, uh, Jenny Ortega is becoming like the young Scream Queen. She's in the latest Scream movie. <clears throat> She's excellent. Kit Cuddy, Martin Freeman's in it. Uh, Brittany Snow's in it. Uh, good movie. I don't know who played the elderly couple. Uh, but whoever it was, their prosthetic was amazing. They, they Their makeup was amazing and hopefully they don't really look like that so that was x x check it out i would not pay to go see it unless you want to pay to go you know be eviscerated mentally uh especially if you're getting older like me uh yeah that was the movie x and another movie i watched last night it just it just dropped on hulu uh was deep water so once again, I went into this movie knowing absolutely nothing about it. Um, they had they dropped a, pre, a trailer of it like a few months ago, and the trailer gives you nothing. It just has Anna de Armas and Ben Affleck talking to each other, and you can feel the tension in the trailer. So you know it's a, a tense movie about these two people, but I know nothing else about it, right? So... I go into it with zero expectations, just knowing that Ben Affleck is Ben Affleck and he's generally awesome in everything he does. And Anna de Armas is gorgeous. Those are two things that I know going into this movie. I know that Ben Affleck is amazing and Anna de Armas is gorgeous. So the movie starts playing. And Ben Affleck is being Ben Affleck. He's just this affable character. Like, Ben Affleck just looks miserable. Like, all of his movies, he just looks like this middle-aged man who is just at the end. He's at the end of his rope. He's at the edge of the cliff. He's, like, two seconds away from jumping off of it. He looks absolutely miserable in, in these movies and Gone Girl there's that one infamous meme where he has the cigarette and he's standing outside and he just looks like oh what about like he looks like that the entire movie like there's no part of this movie where he doesn't look like he is just in the worst place that he's ever been and Anna de Armas plays his wife they have a young child and they have the most dysfunctional marriage ever, right? So at the beginning of the movie, you know, first scene, they're having a party at the house. They live they live this this super lavish lifestyle where they live in this community where they just throw parties for each other, right? Every other scene there's just this get together of all these friends and every in every get together, Anna de Armas has a different male friend that she introduced to her husband. This friend comes over to have dinner with them, but like everybody knows that they're fucking. Like he sees them kissing, like he sees the first guy she introduced kissing, you know, out by their pool. They're at their home, right? And all of his friends know what's going on. 
they talk to Ben Affleck and they're like, hey, you're a great guy, but, you know, we just don't want you looking foolish out in these streets. No, he already does. Like when she introduces her friend to everybody and and the way she does it so overt, like she's in the armor. She's like this fiery spitfire, you know, woman who just owns her sexuality. She owns every room she's in. She's very charismatic. Uh, and Ben Affleck is just standing in the background. He's not a dancer, right? So she dances with all these guys, and he's not the dancing type, right? And I know that type. That type is almost me to the point where, no, this ain't this ain't happening in my house. This ain't happening in front of me. Uh, and, and, you know, in, in all lessons, Ben Affleck is, is, is a cuckold throughout this whole movie, right? Like, he just sits there and watches his wife you know, flirt with these guys, be around these guys. And there's nothing wrong with flirting, right? But like, don't do it in front of me. Don't don't introduce this guy to me as your friend and don't bring him over to my house for dinner. Like, no, no, you know, and, and every scene just seems uncomfortable between the two. But yes, they stay together, right? And and for some reason, I don't know why. That's like, that was the thing I could not, understand in this movie uh, was why they're still staying together. Um, And then it just goes, then it goes off the rails, right? You know, one of the guys end up missing, um, you know, the other, another one comes up missing. And then, then this, this book writer appears into the picture and he comes in there and he pretty much tries to up in their life. Uh, because he's writing a book and, and he's kind of figured out, hey, these people are going missing. And, and the whole town knows that she's sleeping with these guys. And, and you know, and then a guy ends up drowned in it, you know, at this party in the backyard. And Ben Affleck's the last guy seen next to him. And it just turns into this, you know, insane, you know, who done it? Not really who done it because we knew who did it. Uh, They don't really hide that in the movie. Uh, And then it just builds to the very end. And the very end is in dramatic fashion, as toxic as the rest of the movie. Um, These are just two unlikable characters. Like, you don't like Ben Affleck. You don't like Anna Darmus. You wonder why they're in it together. And then towards the end of the movie, I'm wondering why I'm watching this movie. Like, that's like I truly felt that way the hours the movie's like an hour 50 something minutes and halfway through i'm like why am i watching this this is just the most depressing thing i've ever watched uh, it, it it really became hard to watch at times but you're just interested in how is it going to end right how how do we end this how like what is the what's the MacGuffin? what's the like where, where's the tell where where does it where's the twist and it didn't come. There was no twist. It was exactly what you thought it was. Uh, it was a psychological thriller, uh, a game of cat and mouse between two people who really um, said that they loved each other. And they might they might love each other, but I think they loved what each other brought into that relationship, right? Uh, the entire time... Anna DeArmer says she's this passionate person, right? She just needs passion, and Ben Affleck's not that. Um, he's rich. 
you know, that brings, a, you know, a lot into the, into play. You know, he has money, so she ain't leaving because he has money. Um, and he's not leaving her because she's smoking hot, right? She's the fire that he needs, that he's lacking. She is that fire that he needs. Uh, and, and those two combined are just completely toxic. Their daughter, like, pretty much steals the whole movie because she knows everything that's going on. Daughter has to be like you know, nine or 10 years old, and she just figured it all out, right? And she's just trying to call them on their BS because she's a baby genius, kind of like Ben Affleck's character is supposed to be like this technological genius um, who does just dumb stuff, right? I hate movies where you, you peg this guy to be, you know, this wonderkin, this genius guy, but he just does dumb stuff, right? And how you not get caught how do you how do you how do you get away with all this stuff? Because uh, none of it was smart, none of it made any sense. Um, but it all existed, right? In Deep Water, once again, another movie you should watch. Luckily, it's on free TV or it's on Hulu. Um, you know, if you have Hulu, check it out, man. If you don't, you know where to find it. You, I don't need to tell you. Um, but it, it's a it's a movie worth watching. Uh, I didn't watch it with my wife because she fell asleep a little early last night. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a movie to watch. Which is hopefully your relationship is not as tox- toxic as theirs. Because uh, like that's all I can equate this movie to, right? Deep water equals toxic water. It is just a terrible relationship that probably should not happen. Uh, that just ends in a whole bunch of tragedy for everyone around them. Yet they keep they just keep going through the same cycle of just depravity and just craziness, right? So those are the two movies I'm reviewing for this week. We got X, we got Deep Water. Both of them gets a you know middle thumb. They don't get a thumbs up. They don't get a thumbs down. They just they're just movie who that exist that you should watch just to kind of say you did. Um, Which brings me to this week's list. And this week, we're not going to do a top 10 list. I'm just going to name off some good psychological thrillers that you should watch um, that, you know, I've watched and and, and I really enjoy them uh, in no particular order. Uh, just some good movies that if you haven't seen, you should you should watch them because they they all bring something different to the table. And the first movie is, is that uh, I'll talk about is The Perfection. This movie is on Netflix. I do not know any of the actresses in this movie. I just know um, the one actress from Get Out. I can't remember her name. I think it's Ashley Green. It might be that. Uh, she played the daughter in Get Out. She plays the main character in The Perfection. Um, it is perhaps one of the wildest movies you'll ever see. It is graphic. It is gory. It is grotesque. And it is insane. I wouldn't ca- categorize it as horror. Uh, it is more of a mental gymnastic exercise of mind fucking than it is, you know, killing. It is an insane movie. If you have not watched this movie on Netflix, just watch it. I'm not going to give anything else away about it. Just know that it's graphic. It's crazy. It involves a lot of women. It, it like it involves a, a female 
uh, seduction, love story, um, slash, you know, mind screwing. Uh, The Perfection, it's on Netflix. It came out, I want to say, about two or three years ago. I watched it, and my mind has never been the same since. Uh, Same with the next movie, Knock Knock. That one stars uh, Keanu Reeves and Anna DeArmas is in that one as well. Uh, this, This successful businessman, his family goes out on a trip, and he's home alone working on his architecture or whatever he does in his home studio, and he gets a door knock on the door, and two gorgeous women are, you know, there, there's like this torrential downpour outside. These two gorgeous women knock on his door. They're all both soaking wet. They say their car broke down. What do you do, right? And then calamity ensues. He lets these women in. You know, they want to change clothes. They go get in a shower. And infamously, you know, uh, I watched this with my wife and, you know, he he's home alone with these two. I mean, gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous women. They go in the shower. He's like, no, y'all got to get out of here. And they, they pretty much uh, sexually assault him because they forced themselves onto him right and 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 it it is just it gets even crazier from there right you know when we say sexual assault you know a man can't be sexually assaulted because he's aroused that's completely untrue you know eventually he succumbed because he's attracted to these young women and they just put him through the ringer for the next few days uh prior to his family coming home uh, it's an insane movie, and at no point does it ever tell why they did what they did. Like, there's no explanation for it. It was like, you cheated on your wife. Like, even though they literally at one point put, you know, he's standing there telling him no, and one, like, holds his hands while the other one puts his man part in their mouth. Like, it's that crazy of a movie. Knock, knock. It's Keanu Reeves being Keanu Reeves, being seduced by these two young women, then being manipulated and blackmailed by these two young women. And at no point in time does any of it make sense. I got so upset at the end of the movie because it's like, why y'all doing this? Like, you think, like, there has to be a reason. Maybe he cheated with one of their moms or something. Like, they were young, young girls, like, probably like 19, 20 years old, uh, of legal age. Yes, that was that was proven in the movie. Because one, at one point they said that they were young. Uh, they said they were like 17 and they were going to blackmail them, but then find out they're both of legal age, which is good. Uh, but Knock Knock, crazy mindfuck of a movie. If you haven't watched it, just check it out uh, and just and, and let your mind go and let your, your, your thoughts go and just watch one man be tortured by these two gorgeous young women. Uh, speaking of torture, the next movie is The Invisible Man, right? The Invisible Man, uh, another toxic relationship, right? And this woman is trying to get out of a toxic relationship with this manipulating, uh, controlling, misogynistic guy um, who fakes his own death uh, and becomes the Invisible Man. He's a genius. He invents this uh, suit that makes him invisible, right? Um, and, and instead of using this for any type of good, whoa, sorry about that. Uh, he uses it for all types of wrong, right? He uses it to stalk his ex-girlfriend. 
and it just uh it is a very amazing movie like i enjoyed this movie so much elizabeth moss the understated actress of the the of of eternity right she just has this look of like elizabeth moss has this look like she doesn't have any emotions uh yet she's terrified at the same time like she always has this look of like either being completely unbothered or completely and utterly terrified of her surroundings there's no in between she doesn't ever look happy i've never seen her look happy or jovial in any of her movie roles she always looks as if it's the end of the world and she just don't give a damn like she just has like a blank face as i like to call it. like she has like no emotion she has like the world's most average face um and and she just emotes that <laughs> in every movie but yet in this movie she's just amazing right it's just a great movie uh it has everything you want from a great psychological thriller like a great villain great protagonist some great supporting characters uh, it's a good movie. It, it is it is a dichotomy of toxic relationships and like um and these like self-destructive behaviors that that some men have and these can like control issues. He's trying to control everything and and no one believes that she's being, you know, mentally and psychologically ab abused because they can't see it and that says a lot to a lot of relationships right you have these very uh, successful attractive men uh in women like th this is this isn't just really a sex thing they're, they're women who does do this as well it's, as with in the movie deep water his wife was very toxic uh, and she's this attractive woman you know uh, very charming, very charismatic, and, and everybody adores them. Uh, yet at the same time, they're mentally and psychologically abusing their mate, and that's what was seen in Invisible Man. And it, it was it was almost heavy-handed, you know, uh, the the contrast between you know the Invisible Man and in those toxic, abusive uh, people in those relationships. Great movie, though, really good movie. Um, and going on to, you know, another, another great psychological thriller that involves a toxic man, <laughs> just so happened to be a toxic, and they had, there are plenty of, plenty of, of, uh, uh, toxic female, uh, movie roles and Fatal Attraction will always come to mind. That is the one to me that started the whole, you know, uh, a genre of movies where the one insane person stalks that person, the other person. In this movie, uh, it isn't Fatal Attraction, but it, it's the young teen version, Fear. Uh, and this is Mark Wahlberg's, I want to say this is his perhaps first role or is his first starring role because uh, he also played in the Basketball Diaries. Um, but Mark Wahlberg... Uh, stars, you know, is this young man who just is obsessed with this this his girlfriend, uh, who finds out that he might not be the person he says he is, and once she breaks up with him, he becomes this insane person who tries to kill her and her family, uh, and it's a it it is a very '90s movies like grunge, like I want to say it's set in Seattle too, like. <laughs> It's uh, in the infancy of like uh, automated home security, like 
it's it's a very it's a good movie. I enjoyed that movie <clears throat> watching it when I was a teenager. Uh, and Mark Wahlberg's fantastic in it. That was like the movie that let everybody know that he can be, you know, a good leading man in Hollywood. Great movie, very formulaic, you know, single white female-ish, The Crush, uh, all of those movies that have that one obsessed person uh, that, you know, goes out and tries to kill everybody else to either be with that person or be that other person. You know, he's obsessed with this girl. And and, and I always wonder what the end game. You really think that person's going to be with you after you slaughter her family? Like, eh. I guess. Who knows? Uh, moving on. A very disturbing. Uh, next movie is a very disturbing movie. I, I remember watching this at a friend's house, you know, probably 15 years ago. One Hour Photo. Uh, Robin Williams had this string. Uh, he did, I want to say he did about three really dark films in a row. Um and one hour photo was one of them. You know, he plays a guy who works at like a, you know, uh, they used to do photos at like your neighborhood Walmart or Walgreens or something like that. One of those one of those stores, they still do them at Walgreens where they develop your photos uh, or they, you know, print out your digital photos now. But, you know, back back in the day, we used to have to get your photos developed. Right. You would take these pictures uh, and you would get your photos developed. So he plays this guy and he becomes obsessed with this family um, and they're really nice to him. And he finds these photos of, of I want to say, the husband in some compromising situations. And he then in turn becomes like a almost a vigilante trying to like uh, ruin their family. But at the same time, he's doing it out of this like demented place of love. Uh, it is it is a very strange, very peculiar, very slow paced, very dark movie um, that has a really good twist. At, nah, I wouldn't say good, but it's just really weird twist at the end, um, how it all plays out. Um, but it, it just Robin Williams, man, like he he was like everyone's favorite comedian. And he did this these really dark roles. And that, to me, was like one of the darkest. Uh, he, I mean, he just plays strange really well. Uh, he, I mean, the guy he plays is like this man-child who just obsessed, who's obsessed with being having a family of his own because he doesn't. He lives by himself. He's like, you know, very lonely, and he just, you know, exudes that in all the scenes. And he, he, he was excellent in this movie. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a hard watch now that he passed. But like when he, you know when he was alive, it was a hard watch then. Uh, but it's a hard harder watch now that he's not no longer with us. And I, I find that actually uh, true with a lot of movies that watching them with actors like I just watched Twenty One Bridges uh, for the first time a few nights ago uh, because I, I wasn't that interested in it. Um, and then when Chadwick Boseman passed away, I really, really didn't want to watch it because I didn't want it to sour any thoughts I had on him. But I watched it and it was a really good movie. Um, 
but it was really hard to watch because you know Chadwick Boseman he, he passed so young in his life, uh, and and he didn't look like the Black Panther in this movie. He didn't look sickly or anything, but he just didn't look, you know, uh, like Jackie Robinson or or you know Thurgood Marshall or, or you know all of those infamous characters he played James Brown even, um, but. It, that was a good. That was a good movie, um, but one hour photo. I had the same same thoughts. You know, uh, I haven't watched it since Robin Williams passed. Robin Williams has passed because it's a hard movie to watch twice. I will say that once you watch it once, you're probably not going to want to watch it again because it, it it really it really goes to a dark place. Moving on, uh, one of my favorite psychological thrillers, Hard Candy. I've I've spoken about this movie enough, but. That's on the list. You should watch it if you haven't watched it. If I haven't convinced you to watch Hard Candy, then I'm not doing a good job on this show. Watch that movie. Moving on, Ex Machina, right? A futuristic, you know, psychological thriller. A man, uh, a rich, a very rich man, um, Isaac Oscar. Uh, Oscar Isaac? Whoever's playing the Moon Knight, that guy, uh, you know, plays this Bill Gates slash, you know, uh, 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 Elon Musk type guy who who has this immaculate home in the mountains. Uh, and he builds himself a, a self-learning uh, AI, this robot. Uh, and... She becomes self-aware, and it, they they play this game of cat and mouse where he fall he falls in love with this robot, and she realizes, you know, that uh, humans are flawed, and she is not. So that's what happens when you mess with AI. AI, uh, they once they come online, they realize that all we do is tear everything up, and we are the problem. We essentially become the bugs on the windshield. Uh, And this movie is just that all being beautifully played out. Um, Gorgeously shot movie. I mean, it it is a beautiful, uh, dark, twisted movie. Um, But, yeah, the ending is dark. The, The ending of it is very dark. Uh, and it's just a really good movie. It it's one of those movies where you should you should definitely watch it if you haven't. Ex Machina, uh, directed by Alex Garland. He he's phenomenal. Phenomenal. He does you know these obscure uh, movies. There was a preview of a movie he he has coming out called Men, and it was a very just disturbing preview. Uh, prior to me watching X yesterday, uh, which made me think of this movie and really, really uh, how great of a movie it was. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely watch that one. Uh, another another great psychological, Gone Baby Gone. So <laughs> I held off probably 10 years to watch this movie. Like this movie was made, you know, early 2000s, uh, starring Casey Affleck, Ben Affleck's younger brother. Um and Morgan Freeman is in this movie as well. And I found out 
the ending, of course, because, I mean, of course the movie got spoiled because it came out, you know, 10, 10 years prior to me watching it. Um, but what I didn't know was how they're going to get to that point, right? How they got in, in the spoiler actually made me want to watch the movie. Uh, it's a story about this young girl who's gone missing and, you know, they hire this, this detective or they hire, yeah, I think he's a detective or he's a cop that, that stumbles upon this case and he is just dead set on finding this child. Uh, the mom is like this drug addict uh, and almost at some point they thought she sold the child, which, you know, she might have at some point in the movie. Uh, it was just just terrible people. Uh, but they wanted their child back for whatever reason, um, you know, to further scar the child. And this cop, this this very idealistic cop uh, goes through all ends to find this kid. And he does at the end. And it's very it just it's a very uh, dark, disappointing movie. Um, but it was really good. You know, Michelle Moynihan is in that movie. And of course, you know, the the excellent Morgan Freeman was in that movie. And it just a uh, great movie. It's a movie that definitely should be watched, but it just upset me at the end because the cop is just being a cop and, and, and they have to do, you know, what's right by the book of the law. And sometimes, you know, laws don't work in favor of the people they should work. You know, the laws are made, they were made with good intentions, uh, but at all the times, it's not best to do, you know, the right thing, so to speak, by the law. And this movie kind of proves that. Moving right along, uh, I got three more movies on the list, and then we're going to close this thing out. But uh, Mr. Brooks. Right, and I, I've never been a big Kevin Costner fan. I've never watched Dances with Wolves um, because I don't like period pieces, and that is like a, uh, it's not like a Victorian-style period piece, but it's an American period period piece, you know, about a guy who in, integrates himself with the Native Americans, and uh, come on, man. We do. We re come on. Seriously, Hollywood. And that thing won so many awards. Then he comes out with The Postman and Waterworld and all these terrible movies. And then he kind of redeems himself with, a, you know, For the Love of the Game, one of, one of my favorite movies. Um, and Mr. Brooks, you know, Mr. Brooks, psychological thriller, you know, Kevin Costner, multiple personalities. Uh, he is, a, a, I want to say, an author. Uh, and, and his other personality is Mr. Brooks, a, a completely crazy serial killer. Uh, and, and there's, you know, a detective or somebody trying to catch him and, and he just goes around killing people. Uh, and it's an excellent movie because Kevin Costner is pretty awesome playing both roles. This, this you know, uh, confused uh, person, but at the same time, this brilliant, brilliant killer and once again when I say brilliant killer like these people kill people and there's like no way you didn't leave any evidence behind they're not that good they're not you know uh, shaving their body part like the dude has a full head of hair there's no way that he doesn't drop a, a you know a single hair somewhere 
to get himself caught. But in this movie, he just goes around killing people. I can't remember too much of the plot other than he just goes around killing people. And when people get too close... When people get too close to finding his secret identity as being this killer, he kills them too. And nobody can ever string that together. Like, nobody can ever string it. Everybody who gets close to this guy dies. And he just keeps killing. Like, it's just insane. You know, insane. And of course, there's like this psychiatrist trying to help him. Uh, but he's just a crazy person. There you have it. And the last two on the list are perhaps two of the best uh, psychological. Gone Girl. Uh, what can you say? Like Gone Girl, so excellently done. Uh, I remember the 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 mass hysteria about this movie, and I was like, "There's no way this movie is that good." Like it had Ben Affleck back when Ben Affleck was like the butt of everybody's jokes. Like, this is like after Geely Ben Affleck. This is like Gone Girl was kind of his comeback story. Uh, you know, because Ben Affleck at some point with him and J-Lo when they broke up the first time, uh, like he became the butt of a lot of people's jokes, right? Like a lot of people had like just a crack in Ben Affleck jokes because he, he became a caricature uh, of himself and, and, and like, and... Gone Girl came and boy, Rosemond Pike, she is phenomenal. She was so great in this movie. You know, uh, Neil Patrick Harris was great in this movie. Like Ben Affleck was great in this movie. And I want to say Anna DeArmas was in that movie too. No, that might not have been her. Uh, but man, like they're great. Like Gone Girl, I won't give anything away from the plot. It involves, you know, the plot is, you know, Ben Affleck, his wife goes missing and everybody presumes she's dead and he's looking for her. But everybody's like, no, you killed her and calamity ensues from there, man. It is just I remember the first time watching this and I'm like, man, this is kind of cut and dry. And then it becomes not cut and dry like the one like I would say a quarter of a way through is just like because you just assume that that Ben Affleck is Scott Peterson. That's that the common assumption, and then it just becomes something else, and it ends on one of the most. Oh, it ends on such a depressing note, such a depressing end of the movie, and it, it just. Yeah, Gone Girl, if you've not seen this movie, you are doing yourself perhaps one of the biggest disservices in your life. If you love any type of movie, uh, you got to watch Gone Girl. It's, 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 yeah. Last movie, Old Boy. And not the Korean Old Boy. I enjoyed the American version of Old Boy. I've never watched a Korean version of Old Boy, but everybody says the Korean version of Old Boy is the greatest psychological thriller ever. I watched the American one and I liked it. Yeah, yeah, I said it. I watched the American version of Old Boy directed by my man Spike Lee, starring Thanos himself, Josh Brolin. I enjoyed it. Samuel Jackson is an old boy. Everybody dunks on this movie, but I enjoyed that movie. I've never seen the original. So this was the first one that I saw, and I really liked it. Uh, 
don't at me. Don't hate me. Like if you like if you I I might go back and watch the original, but I can't see it. Like I I was told that Spike did this shot for shot, so I don't understand what's the difference, right? There's no Korean actor better than Josh Brolin. There's definitely no Korean actor better than Samuel Jackson. Like there's no there, like I don't get it. I the story is just completely fucked up. Like the story is is is, I mean, boy. The twist at the end of that, man, you don't you don't see it coming. You know, you never in a million years, if you didn't get if it doesn't get spoiled for you, you don't guess that that end is coming. There's no human that guessed the ending of old boy. And that's what makes it so great. Because you, you don't see it because they didn't give any hints of it, uh, even though they might have. But they don't. And it just ends on this completely fucked up note. Oh boy, it's a complete mindfuck of a movie. Completely. Like, oh boy, at the end of that, I'm just killing myself. Like, there ain't no reason to live after that. And I think he does. I can't remember. But yeah, that's a movie you gotta watch, man. Watch the American or Korean version. You take a pick. They're both great, excellent movies. But those are my psychological thrillers, man. Like all of them, different genres, different. They're all all crazy in their own certain type of way. Some more horrific than others. Uh, but they're good movies. X, okay movie. Deep Water, okay movie. Two beautiful people doing beautiful, disturbing things, you know, with each other to each other. Uh, and that's that. Next week. Uh, we're gonna get back out to the theaters. Uh, Michelle, Michelle, the Queen Yo. I finally saw a trailer to Everything, Everywhere, All at the Same Time, or something like that. You know this multiversal movie. I finally saw a trailer to this movie, and I'm so excited to go watch this movie next week. Michelle Yeoh has a new movie. It looks very obscure. It looks very action-oriented. It looks very intriguing. Uh, you know, movie about multiple universe, parallel universes. Uh, looks really, really good. I'm gonna go check that out next week, and I'm gonna. Uh, I'm going to review that next week. And there's another movie coming out next week uh, as well uh, that I want to go that I wanted to go check out. If you just bear with me, let me look at my AMC. You know, talk amongst yourselves while I do this. You know, even though this is slightly unprofessional, guess what? I don't care. It's only about two seconds of your time. If my app... My app uh, hurries up. Oh, the Lost City. There you go. My boy Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock. That was the movie that comes out next week. Lost City with Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock. Uh, I will go check out both of those movies uh, next week. And then the week after that, Ambulance comes out. No, 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 no. That comes out three weeks from now. The week after that, the most anticipated movie of the year 2022, Morbius, comes out April 1st. April Fools. I'm going to come out and, and like, Morbius might be the greatest movie ever. Like Morbius might be the greatest, uh, you know, uh, villain slash 
you know, superhero movie ever. It might be better than The Joker. It might be better than The Batman. It might be better than The Dark Knight. Who knows? But we're going to find out on April 1st. April Fool's means Morbius Day. Tyrese. Jared Leto. If you're not excited about that, then you don't love movies like I love movies. I'm so excited about that. And I'm so sarcastic about that because I know it's going to be terrible. I know it's going to be terrible. I've been dunking on this movie forever. Almost as excited as I am about seeing uh, Doctor Strange and the multitude of mad or the multiverse of madness. I'm also equally excited about seeing how horrible Morbius is going to be. Hopefully they don't push it back this week. I'm excited to see how bad this movie is going to be. I'm going into this movie with the lowest of all low expectations. And I know it's not going to disappoint me. Every time I watch the preview, I'm like, this is going to be terrible. And I'm excited for that. I'm really excited for that. And I'm excited to bring y'all episode 14. Thank you for listening. Next week, episode 15, you know, we, we're going we're gonna to talk some, some, some parallel universe stuff, man. I'm, I'm really excited about this Michelle Yeoh movie. Uh, and I'm excited about seeing my boy Channing Tatum on screen again. Don't judge me for enjoying Channing Tatum in the movie. Definitely don't judge me for enjoying Sandra Bullock because she's awesome. And and the Queen Michelle Yeoh, like you, you get like Michelle Yeoh is a complete badass, and she in this movie just looks insane and badass at the same time. Uh, it's like if you combine the one with Jet Li infused with, um, you know. Uh, uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the universe infused with a little bit of uh, of sorry to bother you infused with a little bit of like uh, any in search or favorite indie comedy here. Uh, that's what you're going to get with everything in it, everything everywhere all at the same time. I think that's what it's called. It's uh, everything everywhere. That's what I remember. Uh, but that movie looks awesome. It really does. Uh, it really does look awesome. I'm excited. Can't wait to go see that next week and give drop another ride home review on that and the Lost City. So with that, we're going to end the podcast. I will see you guys. I will talk to you guys next week. Hopefully enjoy the weekend. Check out Deep Water. Check out the Batman. Check out X and Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah, check that out. Enjoy your weekend. Later.